Listeners, hello. Uh, this is weirdly not the last episode of 2020, nor is it the first episode of 2021, but uh, Game of the Year is going up on the site, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dalmudge, here for episode 206 of Random Encounter, and uh, <laughs> we have herded cats and podcasters together onto this lovely uh, episode for you all. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my host, my host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, friend, John O'Logan, on the mic. Hello, everyone. Keeping us on task, which I always appreciate. Uh, which Doing you know, my best. <laughs> well, it's a mutual thing, because we all have the tendencies to ramble. But it always takes the outside source to be like, hey, you're rambling. Stop it. <laughs> That's very I, true. Yeah. And I have been known to ramble occasionally on random things. Right. Which is appropriate for this podcast. You should do a podcast about that. Uh, I'm joined, uh, as like I said, by many other folks. We're going to just run down the list. We have Alana Hags on the mic. Hello. Hello, Lana. Welcome back in from uh, far overseas by comparison to where we all are. Uh, over in uh, Jono's time zone, we have Nathan Lee back on the podcast for after a long hiatus. Hey, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> Uh, Nathan, you've been working nights, so your schedule's been all kind of wonky, so we haven't really heard from you as much these days. Yeah, no, that's unfortunate, but see, I gotta do what I gotta do. Exactly. You gotta get that money. Not gonna pay for Neptunia with nothing. Uh, <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've, nice got, side, we've got uh, Pete Leavitt back on the mic as well. Welcome back, Pete. Hey, happy to be here. Happy to record Goaty with Greg and the gang. <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop I don't know. I'm trying to make radio sound effects without a soundboard. Uh, and then Zach Wilkerson is here. Hi there. Who is uh, King Supremo of this uh, feature, I guess. Speaking of herding cats. I about that. <laughs> but I, I occasionally do some features work. <laughs> occasionally. Oh, God. Not this again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is. I'm not forgetting anybody. I'm totally going to have like a faux pas foot in my mouth when I realize I forgot one person to introduce. I got everyone? I got everyone. You got everyone. Did we got everyone. So, a lot of folks. yeah, it is a lot. And um, we've got a lot of games. Say that again, John? Everyone's in the boat we can set out. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, we forgot Kevin. No. Um, so, <laughs> which Kevin! FYI, did we, my wife was saying last night that apparently they're, they're considering re-editing Home Alone 2 to get Donald Trump out of it, which is pretty funny to me. It's not hard. You don't don't need to digitally remove him. Just remove the scene. It's like 30 seconds of him just having a nice ego boost because he owned the hotel. Yeah, Yeah, it's just a cameo. I think in Canada, we already removed the scene, like even before all this. (laughs) Yeah, he he hasn't really been uh, making a good name for himself. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for the best games of 2020, not the worst politicians of 2020. So uh, you may be looking at the list as you go along with us, and you may have noticed uh, quite a lot of standouts. I mean, the list kind of starts a little more varied, but then it becomes quite heavily weighted as we go along. We had some really heavy contenders last year, and a lot of that was shown at the Game Awards. Uh, clearly, they have good taste, uh, since they chose a lot of similar things to what we chose this year. In terms of um, our narrow coverage, a lot of RPGs did well at the uh, Game Awards, if I remember correctly. Uh, Final Fantasy VII took home Best Overall Game of the Year, right? No, so Seven Remake got Best RPG and Best Music. Thank you. Uh, Hades, Hades got Best action and best indie um okay. uh, 13 sentinels was up for a couple out uh, one yeah. as was genshin impact um but yeah it didn't get the overall game of the year um oh, the other big did. like triple a 
The Last of Us Part Two got Game of the Year. Oh so, yes, it won like eight awards. So yeah, but the Game Awards are the Game Awards are nothing compared to us. So don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're the retroactive trendsetters. Exactly. We did it last first, first last. I don't know. Any rate, uh, so we have good taste as well, clearly, is what we're trying to get at here. Because uh, a lot of people at the site were big fans of Final Fantasy VII, Aegis Rim, Hades, and then a few little uh, small intertitles got in there too, which I'm pretty pleased with. Uh, but we'll talk about those. So, uh, yeah, the elephant in the room, of course, uh, is that Final Fantasy VII took home a lot of hardware here at RPGFan.com. Uh, and... Uh, I don't know. I just started the game myself. I'm early on in chapter three now. I just got it over the holidays and I can definitely see where the hype is coming from. It's a beautiful game. I get tingles up my spine and in the cockles of my heart as soon as those opening notes hit from the opening cutscene. You see Aerith for the first time and it's just beautiful. Uh, it's it's just they've done an astounding job of recapturing the nostalgia while also trying to invigorate some life into it. It's not without its problems. And then I've already seen a few crop up. I know people here have opinions on some of the the, the voting placements here, and uh, we'll hear from that. Um, uh, Cloud, by the way, I just want to inform the listeners that Cloud Strife uh, got RPG Fan Award for Dreamiest Eyes. Oh no! Uh, those those okay. Mako eyes. Mm. It's not even close. Mm. <laughs> and I play Can't Genshin Impact every day. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't argue with that too much. <laughs> He's got those. Mako eyes. Oh god. I see him doubted no. with chemicals inside. Anyways, uh you're welcome everybody for that. But no, <laughs> there hasn't been enough mention of his Mako eyes actually, which is strange. I feel like at least by now someone mentioned that in the original, but maybe not. It just came up a lot, the Mako eyes thing. A little bit later on in the original game, I think it doesn't really come up until like you know he's a soldier, but you don't really know the yeah. origins of soldier until outside of Midgar. Oh, right. So not till you get yeah, to Nibelheim. It does come up later, but yeah, I mean, right, right, right. I mean, it's a pretty game full of pretty people, isn't it? So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely got the whole um, Elder Scrolls syndrome where everybody is like well proportioned and lovely looking. There's not uh, a lot of diversity in terms of the cast there, but uh, all the same, everyone's it's a pretty straight game. There. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, it's a pretty swell game, though. I can see again, like I was saying, why I took home the award. Who uh, I don't think on our panel we have who was doing the write up for that on. Uh, we do. Guess, it was Alana. It was Alana. Well, for <laughs> for the final, or was that for the? I guess everyone took different categories here and there. I mean, Alana didn't write all of them. Um, no, I didn't write. Um, I didn't write the actual a couple of entries. I did one for music. Um, because I think that was probably like one of the biggest standouts for me. But I did write the original review, and I came on the show last year to talk a bit about remake as well. You sure did. So with uh, Eva. So yeah, um, I've had a lot of things to say about it, and it's been a while since it came out. Um, and I've called on the game a bit, but I still think it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Like definitely, mm -hmm. I do that sometimes. Um, I just kind of take time to reflect on things. But yeah, like Seven Remake, you put it really well. Like Chapter Three is pretty early on, but like I think you already start to get the sense of some kind of magic going on with remake in terms of like i think it does this really cool thing of playing with nostalgia and then obviously later on you'll have all of these like you get like drip fed all of this new stuff and it comes bigger and bigger and bigger and regardless of what you think of the new stuff like i think it yeah. plays it just about toes the line between like dangerous and like smart <laughs> right and, yeah. yeah it's not quite right. full peter it. jackson but <laughs> almost getting towards peter jackson uh, yeah um but 
Yeah, um, like, I think, yeah, I did music and I did Tifa's um, write-up. Uh, Tifa won yeah. the Best Supporting Protagonist, which, or Best Supporting Character, I suppose, which, you know, both ladies of FF7 Remake got these awards because they both deserve them. I didn't mind, like, what order they came in. Um, <laughs> That's right. You know, like, the, I think, like, the two things that stand out to me most about 7 Remake are the music and the characters, and it's just mostly because it builds up on what's already there and kind of goes beyond it like i don't know how much of the soundtrack you've listened to outside of the game greg but like uh, a bit i did the uh write-up for music of the year as well for the um orchestral album which was absolutely oh brilliant. so good yeah which it's is amazing. like how did you or- or- orchestrate this more and better but you did so yeah. that's great <laughs> you should listen to the acoustic one as well because that to. is just as good yeah it's really that really sounds good. great because actually the instrumentation on playstation one was kind of weak because it was a midi soundtrack and yeah Right, yeah, know, back like, in the day, yeah, yeah, like we Absolutely. love that soundtrack, so it does make sense. Like, in the way that they've updated it is really spectacular. I mean, mm-hmm. you could did just they did just what you wanted them to do, mm-hmm. yeah. which I should say, uh, before we dive too much in because Alana did mention best supporting did go to Tifa and Aerith was up there as well. I should say everything the Final Fantasy VII got, so we can then get into the discussion at large. It took home 11 and a half kind of uh awards, <laughs> so you have best action RPG, which stands to reason since we gave it best combat. It got best remake slash re-release. There wasn't a lot, but it was still uh, you know stiff enough competition. There's best visuals, best music slash sound design, which Alana just already said. Best story, best localization, best antagonist uh, in a certain silver-haired uh, Sephiroth man, who also is partly up for uh, being part of the best Smash DLC. Folks, <laughs> folks are stoked on uh, having uh, having the ability to smash with Sephiroth, and I heard it the second I said it up to my mouth. <laughs> but nice. enjoy that. Enjoy working with Sephiroth's longsword. Best supporting, we said that. And then, of course, best game of 2020 went to Final Fantasy VII. So, like I said, took home a lot of great hardware and our most prestigious, uh, prestigious, I'm speaking English. So, it took home our also uh, most prestigious award, best game of 2020. I think I still say prestigious, but I'm just going to work with it. You know, deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Uh, and sorry, I, you were about to say, Alano. No, I just said embrace it. Don't worry. I wasn't going to chip in too much yet. Oh, I meant before I went into this whole list. Oh, like God, yeah. Asking. No, I was only going to carry on with the music. Um, yeah, really, please do. And something Pete it's said great. as well. It's great, yeah. But Pete picked up on like the really... we like it, The MIDI sound chip made Midgar and a lot of Seven's music sound really gritty. And actually, I think Masashi Hamasu, who is the lead composer on the game, as well as a number of others, um, they managed to recapture that grittiness in a lot of the music. Like... It feels so good. It feels so familiar, but it does just enough to go beyond that. And there's a lot of original compositions as well in the game that are brilliant. And plus some things and a few from... have cropped up already now, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of what plays. I mean, even that opening. Three. Well, that's not. I guess it's not an original composition, but the original arrangement, even in that opening moment, the tease into the actual oh, intro song. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, how it starts with a yeah. bit of Sephiroth's theme and then goes into the proper Final Fantasy VII opening theme yeah there's lots of cool little nods yeah um but yeah i think like one of the biggest fears was that midgar was not like you how are you going to stretch midgar over like 20 hours and they did it over 35 so yeah. they did a really really good job well, i think we're all concerned about that for sure uh, when yeah. you get a remake re-release it's it can always be a mixed bag and thankfully square seemed to learn its lesson after secret of mana and has been doing them right ever <laughs> since it seems and uh yeah this one definitely 
is right in that line, right? And the Action RPG Award, I think that's warranted. I mean, I really enjoyed Trials of Mana. That was probably my big Action RPG I played. And then mm-hmm. uh, Sukuno of Rice and Ruin was fun, side-scrolling, but it's not quite as intricate. Whereas this was, yeah, just a really great tactical grasp on the combat system. There's moments I've been playing where I wish it was turn-based still because I don't. I want to wander around the map and take it all in more without worrying about getting into a fight. Because <laughs> uh, I want to see all the sights. Like I just, I've, I've probably drawn on my gameplay because I'm just like trying to see everything that these wonderful people have made as I look around. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what you want to do, isn't it? Soak in Midgar. Well, you can turn on the um, turn-based mode. There is a turn-based mode you can use. Um, oh, that's uh, true. I just so more yeah, mean I... like the the random encounters. I mean, I guess either way, you'd possibly be getting into random battles. But like, I find I'm I'm much more aware of there's collectibles I can find, and there's I'm not looking at the scenery now. I'm trying to look at the objects, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you yeah, can't no, see the Hell House without getting into a fight with it, and that thing is really cool in the remake. So. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to get that battle in remake. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a really hard one, actually. It's the only, on, yeah, yeah, like the only time I died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I I have some issues with some of the categories that Remake won. I mean, like, it, it, I feel like it sort of swept out a lot of stuff. I don't know if we'll talk about Yakuza, but I think that <laughs> there are some things that I <laughs> we'll talk about Yakuza. I'm sure we will at some point, I, whether I, I understand this episode though, or the next. In terms of, like, music, yes. I mean, the music is, is both, like, the orchestral within the game and also, like, the outside soundtrack. I mean, it's... It's really amazing. But I think in terms of the combat, like the combat is really unique. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of a game that does the blend of the action and the turn base. Cause I, I know like when I had seen it before and Alana and I played it together at E3, like I was afraid that it was just going to be like Kingdom Hearts. And I love Kingdom Hearts, don't get me wrong, but Kingdom Hearts doesn't have deep combat. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake does. Like I, I have um, friends who really don't like action RPGs who are like, I love the combat here because the, like like so much of it is about strategy and about um, some positioning. Um, yeah, positioning and sort of getting things and in in, in hitting the right weaknesses. I mean, like it's it's so unique in so many ways uh, in terms of combat that I think that to me um, is what distinguishes it from other games in the genre. There's nothing feels right uh, as right as hitting predator stance at the right. Sp- point to counterattack oh. people you're just like oh, yeah, yeah i knew what i'm doing apparently yeah countering <laughs> is really good as well there are some boss fights that you can really utilize that on later on and it's so cool um yeah like i think as well like seven remakes combat takes like i think people have mentioned this before but like the stagger system from 13 has been really like perfected here and it takes a lot it's like square enix like learning a lot of lessons from their previous games and like i yeah. think like this is the most exciting that's Final outside of Final Fantasy fourteen, it takes some good notes from fifteen. Yeah, you're right. More thirteen, I would say, than fifteen. I haven't played thirteen extensively enough. I've just heard seen people banding around that it's similar to fifteens, but just better. I don't know if I would call it similar to fifteen. I think it's close. Yeah, a little bit. I guess just because fifteen is the only other action RPG in the series. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it probably has more in common with thirteen. I mean, not really that much in common with any Final Fantasy game, or really. Uh, any RPG period that I, I can think of. Like, it's just like, so like the blend of the turn base and the action, I think is really what's unique about it. I mean, like the staggering thing, as Alana was saying, I think it, that makes it the closest to 13 Whereas 15 really is like kingdom Hold hearts, but you actually have more tools to destroy everything. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I guess like bring up the menu doesn't make it necessarily turn based or anything. Cause yeah. Cause they'd be the same. 
like 15 and like trials of mana is like a very simplistic version of that too like it's still pretty pure beat them up but then you can go into your wheel menu and strategize a little bit so it's like a very simple system but yeah you're right this is much more elaborate hmm. at any rate uh yeah it's it's clear the combat's fun so i i I don't know. I, I haven't played a ton. The only other one that I really had such a good time this year with combat myself was Star Renegades because I just loved the strategy in that system of the, the push and pull, the ebb and flow, trying to strategize and knock people off. But what did win runner-up here at the site was from Hades. I have not played it, but I know a lot of folks have been. Uh, and Hades, we'll just say quickly, is kind of like the second place, I guess, RPG here at the site. It did take home five uh awards and we'll get more into depth to those but one of those was runner up for best combat so i guess i'm asking folks who have played both which i know lana you've just been gone through it did you not if i'm not mistaken yeah i might have 85 hours in hades maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah i guess comparing the two obviously they're going to be very different uh but you know was there one that you had more fun with than the other that you like do you agree disagree wow yeah that's a hard one or is it like... apples and oranges yeah, I mean, they are different. Um, I think hey, what what plays in Hades' favor is, like, it's a mix of repetition, but also, like, different. So for people who don't know, and I'm sure we'll get into Hades proper in a bit, but, like, Hades is a roguelite. So you essentially do a run, you die, you take some things over on your next run, and then you do another run. But every run is going to be different to a degree. So you've got essentially, like, by the end of the game, you will have six different weapons with four different aspects with nine different gods who can offer 10 different boons and all of these like a random and well, your weapons and your aspects you pick at the beginning of a run but your boons and that are all different every time you customize however that's you want so like, much more just... than what i remember bastion being <laughs> exactly and that's the, kind of the amazing thing like i mean Supergiant. it kind of feels strange to call them an indie studio now because like yeah. have they really had a bad unsuccessful game not really, and like Hades is like proof of that. But like more on the combat, I think like Seven Remake might have one of my favorite combat systems in Final Fantasy, and Hades is a lot simpler. Like you just have four buttons, which are dash, uh, special attack, standard attack, and or and a cast. So you've got like five buttons that do five different things, and what changes them is what booms you have essentially. So like in 80 runs 85 runs i've probably barely barely had two similar runs i would say i think it's the variety that really the, the simplicity it's easy to pick up and it's really really difficult to master but like the the nature of roguelites is like if you if you win it feels like the best thing in the world like you know it's just it feels great when you yeah. complete a run or beat a boss yeah it's great. absolutely yeah and it was the same with star renegade so i knew i was right. strategizing right when i won <laughs> i was like i did it but I beat Splunky 2 for the first time last night, and I'm still Ooh. celebrating. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's satisfying when nice you've, you've got it all right. You've you've learned all the things. You got the right perks, and you've got through. And I guess that's the difference between the two that they're hard to compare. And it's kind of I guess what flavor you want. Because the thing that's cool about Hades is you just get to focus on the one character and developing mm. different play styles and skill styles with that one character. Whereas you can kind of dabble in a few different flavors with the flexibility in terms of Final Fantasy VII R's because you can switch between characters. So you're like, as cool as Cloud is, I just want to shoot things. So as soon as I get Barrett, I'm switching to Barrett. You know? Oh, Tifa all the way. Tifa's yeah, my favorite exactly. character player. She's so good. Yeah. So it's, it's it lets you kind of do whatever RPG. you want. 
Yeah, she looks rad. I've, I haven't played it yet. I saw some gameplay when I was editing the video for uh, Alana's review back when. And yeah, she. Uh, I will likely be doing a lot of Tifa beat-em-ups as well. Because I do like how visceral things are with Cloud. I mean, as much as Barrett is neat and I like that they give him the charge effect, It's he's pretty basic. You just sitting there and just shoot, 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 not really doing much. There's yeah, no strategy to him. Every- yeah, but everyone has a utility as well. Like exactly. you will need to, you have to switch caps. You have to switch characters in battle all the time because, yeah, like flying enemies. The one thing I will say about combat in Seven Remake: aerial combat is not good. Play as Aerith or Barrett if you have to fight aerial enemies. Like oh, seriously, yeah. I'm so, so excited for Yuffie for that. <laughs> all right, yeah, that'll be good. And I guess yeah. Uh, Vincent. Yeah. True. Um. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think they're both worthy, certainly. Um, I mean, sometimes action RPGs have a bit of an advantage here. Um, I think last year, Cold Steel won, though, which was a turn-based RPG. So, yeah. I mean, I've heard good things about other turn-based combat systems this year. So, Yeah, yeah the systems are in-depth enough, yeah. I mean, that's, again, mm-hmm. like, I will continue to sing the praises of Star Renegades being a big <laughs> contender yeah. in this category for me. That's also because I haven't played Hades, so I don't have that much to compare to, but... I mean, like, when we were categorizing these games, like, I struggled a little bit with, like, are we sure Final Fantasy VII Remake is an action RPG? Because there are enough traditional elements that I was like, eh, but, I mean, I think certainly it is an action RPG, but I think that's what makes it unique and what makes it special, is that, like, Hmm. I I honestly, um, when I was looking at the list, I was thinking, like, because actually a couple of our staff members, like, were like, hey, why isn't it traditional? I was like, because I think it's more action. Um, I think it's what makes it unique. Like, you got to take the page from Legend of Zelda and, like, can he take a sword and smash things with it in the in the world? <laughs> Action RPG. <laughs> Just everyone worried about their boxes, leaving them out for Cloud to smash. Um, at any rate, uh, visually, again, uh, it took the win, as I said. Uh, our runner-up in this category was 13 Sentinels. And again, so very different between the two of them. Also, both games that Alana reviewed. But they're so different visually, and both have so much to offer. Like this one's definitely my Final Seven's definitely got a much more traditional look these days. I find because this is kind of where the industry has moved into the three D world of open environments and taking in the big sweeping grandeur of everything, and it does that well. Like I just said, I I've spent probably a ton of time. Everything's burning around me. The streets are smashed. I'm like, but I want to see the streets of Midgar. I want to see how they've brought these moments to life. You know, before I had to just bump into Aerith and buy a flower from her. Now I can actually take in the streets and see people crying about the damage I've caused and feel bad. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a far cry from what it was, obviously. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that's really swaying people. That it's gone from Popeye arms to what it is now. That they're just like, good for you. You've grown up. You've gone full Neville Longbottom. Or if it's, you know, by its own merits of the the work. And I think it personally, it's... By its own merits. Yeah, it's, it's, own. One of, it's one of the best looking games that came out this past year. Like there are some things with like the skyboxes or whatever in the backgrounds and the textures that people rightly point out. But yeah, I've seen one muddy door so get, far. <laughs> sure. But when you get down to it, like, I don't know, in in every way that I, I personally think is important, Final Fantasy VII is one of the best looking games. Uh, so yeah, I think it goes beyond just like 
remembering what Final Fantasy VII looked like on the PlayStation, which, by the way, was perfectly attractive. It was a fine-looking game. Oh, yeah. I, I missed the pre-rendered yeah. I, mean, I was stunned by it in 97. I'll say that. The, the models in the battle scene were totally great. They looked good. They looked like the characters. They were full of character. But, yeah, I think it's more than just that. It You know, look at how old it looked and look at it now. I think it is one of the best yeah, games. Yeah, it's not that reductive. I think the argument to be made for Final Fantasy VII's uh, graphics and why the game looks so good is how masterfully they took the template of Final Fantasy VII and expanded it so greatly. Like, yeah. Maker, just for an example, the pullout in fi- the original Final Fantasy VII uh, opening cinematic was breathtaking. But nowadays, you look at it and you're like, "Yeah, city looks a little small." But they, <laughs> then you look at the you look at the newest version and it pulls back, and it gives you the exact same sense of grandeur and scope that the original did, but by today's standards yeah through the lens of today we've seen a lot since 1997 yeah it's a great point yeah it's a really good point and like it feels lived in as well like it just Mm -hmm. yeah like the minute you walk into wall market is like gobsmack moment like oh my god i remember when that trailer dropped where um, Aerith's wearing the dress before don coneo's mansion and i'm like (laughs) i was like wow is this wall market i was like i'm here let's go like there's so many things that i love about seven visually and i am one of the more critical people about its visuals but like the character models and things like that like the main cast all look incredible yeah most of the environments look great however i think 13 sentinels should have won this category um, (laughs) i wouldn't argue Um, with that i think that that's right it's far more unique I think so. I think, I think that didn't even play should have won, but I understand. <laughs> yes, I know. I think I voted for that one first as well. Um, there's a couple of things, I think. And I think to spin it in, and I w- might bring in Nathan, I think Nathan, like, jump in if you want, because I'm going to talk about 13 Sentinels visuals a little bit. Uh, sure. Like, Vanillaware have, like, such a reputation for such beautiful art styles, and 13 Sentinels completely outdoes even Muramasa, Odin's Fear, all their other stuff. Like, it, it just feels like... I don't know, like, the, there's something about the lighting in that game that is so unlike anything else I've ever seen, and it's just, it's gorgeous. Like, it, I'm not surprised 7 Remake won this again. Like, you know, I, it's partially nostalgia and partially a kind of, again, this is probably what most people play. Like, 13 Sentinels is, like, the nichest of niche games, even though it did really well on our awards, which I'm really happy about. Um, But, yeah, like, there's just something so so uniquely gorgeous about 13 sentinels like every screenshot that you get of it is like i don't know like a wow moment to me yeah it's definitely to do with the lighting like as soon as you you're finished with a com- the initial combat segments and you go straight into uh Jiro's first prologue that that classroom just looks amazing like as soon as you walk into it like the way the light like just shines on all the characters and it streams in through the classroom windows it looks so good i've struggle to think of another game another 2d game especially that looks as amazing as 30 sentinels does editing it was an absolute pleasure when i got to edit that the footage for that one because it just yeah it's absolutely breathtaking watercolory just a soft lens over it all and like you you put it beautifully in uh your review elena of like how it um it's like everything was kind of seen through like an 80s lens yeah, it was like very grit, nostalgic. But... Like I think I said, like it made me sorry. I think it said it made me feel like I uh, I was nostalgic for an age I've never lived in. Because yeah, um, like I've never you know I wasn't alive in the eighties. Sorry, um, but like <laughs> get out. Ouch. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, like it made me feel nostalgic for an era and a country I've never been to as well. Because there are various different time periods as well. Let's just get that clear. Yeah. Like there's 20, 2000 and like 2020, like 2100 or whatever year it is. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, like it, it just does that. It, it conveys everything so well. But. And the, the, from the little I've seen, the sense of scale in the 2D art of the like the mechs towering over the city and um, I don't know if you know this about me. I kind of like mechs a tiny bit. I think they're all <laughs> Get right. Get out of here. No, you don't. Mechs are okay. <laughs> but yeah, those are such cool mechs, and there's, the scale on them is incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. the overall, I mean, they nail it in every respect, just the direction, the the little touches, like what Nathan was talking about, with, like with the lighting and like the the flourishes. Everything from like the big concept down to the to the detail is so good. Yeah, it's it would it's a stunning game, and I, I liked even how the the battle whatever the sequence like I thought that looked really neat too. How they kept it more of a again kind of like almost like a how a, a tech readout would kind of read in the eighties in an eighties movie version of the future kind of thing. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, it's all right. It has to it's be like you're in an office world. directing the battle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what it is. It even shows in game where like there's a couple of characters that are controlling the battlefield, and it looks the map they're using looks really similar to what you have been playing. That makes so sense. I like that's that. a good touch. It looks like what I really want to see from a Legend of Mana Upres remake. Like, just, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'd just be incredible. But uh, yeah, for folks listening, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim took home Best Adventure VN, Best IP Runner-Up, Best Visuals Runner-Up, which is what we're discussing now, Best Story Runner-Up, and it tied for Best Game of 2020 Runner-Up. So again, like Hades, took home five awards. They were our biggest contenders after Final Fantasy VII, and we'll, we definitely have a good heart on for them. But we'll get in there in a second. What? I said heart. <laughs> said heart on (laughs) enunciating i'm sorry sure (laughs) i'm sweating over here (laughs) you're welcome my nose is bleeding best part of your day it falls out of his computer chair pratt falls down yeah uh so we discussed music sound design it was absolutely a great soundtrack from start to finish and sound design is is good i don't know everything sounds great i like hearing every bit of the world around me Our, our runner up on sound design Oh, that was Shadowbringers. We'll definitely get into that soon. But uh, the other awards this took home, best story, best localization. I feel we can kind of talk about those together. We all know the story. My That's where my beasts, I think, are coming in personally as I've been getting into it is, uh, Elena, as you said, they drip feed some extra stuff in there. And sometimes I feel like it's too much. Like, I know, at this point, I mean, spoilers for anyone who doesn't know. Sephiroth's the bad guy. Uh, we all know that we've known that for years. Sorry if I've shattered your world, Pete. It's hey, as long as I get to ride off in the sunset with Aerith, I'm okay. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> I feel like they're drip feeding it too soon. Like it was so such a great spin and uh, like the way they buried that lead in the original. And I like that they're trying to introduce Cloud's trauma more yeah. and more real. But I just feel like just that opening scene, which is cool. We got a nice little tease of Nibblehim. Heim, however you prefer to say it. And uh, I just thought it was too much. Like, it was just like, okay, now we know. There's there's the guy. I don't even think you've actually got the actual proper drip feeding yet. So I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, 
We don't really know how Seven Remake's going to pan out, unfortunately, uh, as the big old cliffhanger has left it. Um, the new stuff, your money will, your mileage will vary with it, I will say. I know somebody's mileage definitely varies on it on this podcast compared to, <laughs> well, maybe yeah. not even compared to me, because I'm definitely, I'm still unsure about certain things. Like, I think what they've done a really good job with, and I'm really conscious because we've actually spent maybe most of this podcast talking about Seven Remake. So, like, maybe I'll try and wrap a few things in here. Like, um, I think my favorite thing about the story is certain things that they fleshed out. I think, like, and I think it ties into characters actually more than anything. Yeah, I, was I think say, the characters seems way seem way stronger. They're way better. Like, right yeah. down from Avalon all the way up to like you know Aerith and Tifa winning the both supporting character supporting character categories is just like testament to and that comes like, out of better localization too yeah definitely um but I think the main problem is is like um the way that Tifa and Aerith in particular of the seven cast actually all of them but those two like they were like they've been used in other properties re- since and they've just been so like boiled down to such basic like Mm, tropes i'll just be nice about it um dilly dally shilly shally yeah (laughs) god um (laughs) i hate every portrayal of Aerith since seven and seven remake like they just do her so much injustice in every game like every every property that she's been used in since maybe a little bit less in crisis core she's all right there um but like yeah like remake in particular does her so much justice and you'll see she is probably the most imp- she was important in seven anyway like but she is definitely the most important the most powerful character in the story in this version and yeah she, she's stunning they do such a good job with her and i'm so happy with that so yeah 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 i mean i, I um i wrote up Aerith, even though it really should have been you alana um if anybody hasn't read uh alana's piece on Aerith, go read it right now it's on the <laughs> alana has the best character um a good feature <laughs> so, um, but I, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I think that you could have easily done like four or five characters for best supporting here. Like it could have been Jesse. It could have been Barrett. Yeah. I mean, I think that that Stan is Jesse. <laughs> Paimon. What's remarkable about this game. I, I mean, outside <laughs> of the music, which I think is great. <laughs> um, I, I think the supporting characters are great. And they, and I, and for me, like Aerith was a clear choice to me and they, they just nail the actual characterization of Final Fantasy VII for her, which is like, she's tough, she's strong. And it's not just like, she's like this white mage type. It, she's also like, got like an edge to her um, while also being like deeply kind. Um, she's from the streets. I, I, Come on. That makes, that, that makes her remarkable. But Tifa, like, and like her heart and her kindness is important. Jesse's sort of brashness is excellent. Um, I, I mean, I even think that the representation of Barrett is like, pretty good for a jrpg i mean like i i just think the supporting characters in this game are great and it deserves to take both awards in this category Hmm. he's had a few out of place speechy moments like there's a few of those moments still early on too where i'm just like wait why did why did you decide to just suddenly start talking about that but otherwise (laughs) like most of it seems pretty well motivated and much better strung together than the original and we all probably know that the original had a pretty rough localization period yeah. Uh, so they definitely ha- had nowhere to go but up with this one. Um, yeah, they do, they do a good job with the localization, mm-hmm. the localization here. I think yeah, it's very, very good for the most part. I'd say. But I know Jono, you disagreed with that. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think to, I think Final Fantasy VII remake had a Herculean task in literally every respect because people, especially part one, 
everybody knows the Midgar section. Like I would argue that I would argue that the upcoming games in this series, theoretically, like Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two and Three or Four, however many they're going to make, uh, are going to have a much tougher job of selling it because I think the vast majority of the audience uh, played Final Fantasy VII probably to the end of Midgar, then they got released in the world, and then they may have stopped or they may have lost interest. Like the the images, the iconic images of Final Fantasy VII do tend to be of that city, of the pullback, um, and. In that sense, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake had a, the, the first one, their marketing was very, very easy. All they needed to do was show people, okay, here's yeah. here's what you remember, whereas the future ones is going to be like, well, here's what you might remember if you kept playing. Hope, hope you snowboarded. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I kind of disagree with that. I think most people would have gone way beyond Midgar. I like to definitely. hope so, yeah. But I like I totally so. agree that it's the most memorable part, like one of the most memorable parts of the game, like as well as other things that happen at the end of disc one, you know, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I agree with that, but I certainly agree with part of your point. Like, I think that the follow-ups will have a very difficult job to do, but I think it will have a very difficult job to do for other reasons. So, yeah. I, I just on, I mean, again, this is just where, this is my opinion. I think that a lot of people played Final Fantasy VII and a lot of people's memories of Final Fantasy VII, no one in this, no one in this podcast and probably no one on the site or probably no one listening to the podcast either because they're obviously RPG fans. But a lot of people's experience with Final Fantasy VII would have been renting it for a weekend from Blockbuster Video. Um, and for an RPG- Or Abercrombie no, Video, let's be honest. Or Abercrombie Video, let's <laughs> let's bring that back again. Yeah. Um, which- uh, but their experience is going to be limited to probably disc one of Final Fantasy VII. And for the vast majority of people who, you know, obviously Square is is marketing this to a, a much wider audience now than they did back in 1997, uh, they're just going to recognize the images of Midgar. And I... Yeah. I think I, that... I, I think that now, like, obviously, the game is going to be... It's It's... It's a, it's going to be a math. The, the next game is going to have a massive marketing push, and obviously, it's not like it's going to drop off significantly. But I don't know. It, I feel like this game had an inherent advantage because it's it was focusing be entirely on the section that people identify with Final Fantasy VII. Whereas I think it's going to be a slightly harder sell in the future. Um, this is getting away from the point of it being the best game of 2020, which <laughs> I don't actually, which I don't actually disagree with. I think it. I still haven't played it yet. I'm kind of waiting for a final uh, for a PlayStation Five right. version, which I would be stunned if it does not get released. PC port, please. PC yeah, port. It's, gonna, it's coming. It's only got a year of exclusivity, which will end on April 10th. So I'm sure you'll get one. Oh, yeah, whatever. Some my, my veins. Whatever. Into my bloodstream. Yeah, <laughs> whenever an official says no, no, you know, we're not releasing an uh, we're not releasing an update for PlayStation Five. We're not releasing a PC version. I'm like, yeah, because you're still in the exclusivity period, aren't you? You can't say that you're going to. But if they're not, then they're idiots. It's yeah. We we like money, so I mean, yeah. They like money. They, in fact, I, I think that Square Enix likes money a lot, uh, as I understand it. Yeah, they um, fixed a lot of problems to try and make that money back, <laughs> and they're doing good work. They're doing good work. Yeah, as evidenced here. I haven't played it yet, but based on everything I've heard, seen, read, I think it absolutely deserves the best game of 2020. Certainly, in terms of the best RPG of 2020, and that's coming from somebody yeah. who. Uh, has played a lot of games that I think are probably in my top 10 uh, enjoyment of all time, but in 2020. But yeah, I think this deserves it. It's, mm -hmm. it's 
it's a great it's a great game it looks amazing there are issues with it but frankly what it succeeded in doing like you guys have been talking about in terms of updating uh the visuals the combat the music the story uh the supporting characters it's taken everything that people loved about the original and uh enhanced it in a way that is uh digestible to today's audiences i think that music and sound design are actually uh, even more impressive than that because all of the rest have been stuck in 1997 whereas music the music of final fantasy 7 has been remixed uh replayed in orchestral form in heavy metal form it's been done continuously since 1997 because it's one of the best sound rpg soundtracks of all time and or yet what they iconic yeah iconic mm. and what they've done with this is they've still managed to deliver I think I don't know if I would say definitive, but an, an original interpretation of the original soundtrack that now feels very that obviously is very official, um, and probably will be the version that people remember moving forward. I think that's a tremendous uh, achievement. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's certainly when you have all these component parts for it to not win best game would have been strange. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree with that. One thing, though, I know see people disagreed with here was best antagonist of Sephiroth. Uh, just quickly, why? I mean, I don't know enough, and I'm sure this will spoil a little bit for me, but that's okay. I've already seen that he's in it more than I thought he was going to be. So, I mean, he's in it a lot, but you don't actually know almost anything about him. Um, it's literally just like him occasionally showing up, saying something like vague and menacing, and then like having like a a building jump fight. Uh, later at some point uh, i'm sorry i probably shouldn't have said that but i, I, I he has no characterization it happened in the movie None. um it's very yeah it's very advent children i i mean like it, he has no characterization in this game like it, you know nothing about him like all the things that make sephiroth amazing are completely lost here and i i, I hate to say this but the only reason he won best antagonist is that his name is sephiroth it's <laughs> okay yeah i was i was gonna say can we be a we should be okay with admitting that he won best antagonist because he's so beautiful but uh i, I think he's that's what people, people are bringing in their you know probably fairly they're bringing in what they remember of him and applying that to you know what they see here which i mean i don't know too much about it i've heard a thing or two apparently there's potential for things to uh, be not quite as they are at the end of seven original so like i don't know if you can really apply previous knowledge i mean I, yeah. even if you did he doesn't deserve best antagonist for what he does in this <laughs> sure that's totally totally fair yeah can we say that i mean again i haven't played it yet but based on what i've read and seen uh he seems to be much more of an antagonistic force than an antagonistic character yeah uh, i this. would agree with that assessment definitely i think what I do like about Sephiroth is I think he's a relatively okay depiction of Cloud's trauma yeah. throughout the game. But to call him an antagonist is quite a strong word. And I think antagonistic force potentially. But as Pete and Zach have both alluded to, like we don't really know where it's going to go. And some people, I know a lot of people who voted for him did play 7 Remake. But, I mean, Sephiroth's not been one of my favorite villains ever anyway. Um, but... Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't agree with him winning best antagonist either, unfortunately. But yeah. I don't I didn't play any of the games that I felt like. Yeah, I don't know. It's a so tough good. one. Well our runner up we'll get into, which is Hades from Hades. 
Uh, I also disagree with that one. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll probably talk more about that um, on the next episode because we've more or less gotten a lot of like the Final Fantasy VII talk out of the way and we'll kind of break down all the other ones as we go. Uh, One thing I did want to touch on, though, in our um, other runner-ups, too, was best story for 13 Sentinels. Uh, Again, like, it's hard to go to give best story to something we kind of already know. And I guess part of what won it over with Final Fantasy VII is just, again, what they added, I guess, was enough to add enough new flavor and make it feel fresh enough. And the localization helping to fix a lot of the characterizations and such, I guess, swayed it. Uh, From what I know, it was pretty, it's pretty, what they added is pretty polarizing too. Mm. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of most of the new stuff. So it seems like a lot of our staff fell on the side of the poll, like on the poll that thought it was cool or okay or good, which I don't know, like maybe it is, but yeah. And I'm getting there myself. I'm liking so far what I've got, but like I said, there's a bit of a Peter Jackson, ishness too where it's like i didn't really need to know that detail or that little side bar didn't wasn't necessary to the story i could have just kept playing and been fine without knowing that or needing that extra embellishment of cloud's trauma or whatever right so it is what it is whereas then you got something like 13 sentinels aegis rim which also was a, a run-up for our best new ip like it's a whole new thing uh that they were undertaking with this game uh from its stunning visuals the concept how the combat works it took home best adventure novel uh visual novel so the story is definitely got to back that up to be a quality vn uh we don't have our <laughs> sort of resident expert audra on this episode but i think audra's gonna be on the next one so i'm sure Audra will have more to go on that but we can deduce from the mechs that it has best story so that's enough for me <laughs> <laughs> It has the most storied mechs. But uh, Alana, like, yeah, I guess since you've played both and you reviewed both, you know, was it an easy or a hard decision, I guess, to see this yourself? Or Oh, uh, yeah. 13 Sentinels has got an amazing story and is easily my winner for best story, I would say. Um, ah. It's such a difficult, it's such a difficult game to talk about, though, because of um, the way it's structured. Like, you can essentially, for the most part, play it in any order, like pick what character you're doing, what story with. and oh, then I love it you move on like there's blocks and you have to move on to another character but like you could play through four character story and do some combat but your friend who's also playing it could have played through with three other characters and done some combat but you can't match up so like it's kind of the culmination of everything as you build up and i think i think it does better throughout the story rather than the ending i think it's got a pretty weak ending personally um i want like nathan again he played this pretty recently so yeah, I'd be i was gonna ask nathan to he thinks um but yeah like i think it just i think it's amazing that a game can juggle 13 characters or 13 main characters three or four other side characters and it's it's confusing and overwhelming at times but like if you do enough reading around it it does such a fantastic job of like tying everything together in like there are little things you'll notice in other people's stories that you'll be like, it'll come up in another person's story. You'll be like, oh, I remember that. And it's just such a wow moment when you start figuring things out. Like it's so, it's so ambitious and it pulls it off really well. And I think that's why it, it, it well, I don't say edges seven remake. It kind of eclipses seven remake personally. Seven remake story is really good. Like it is really good. Some of the, the stuff with Cloud's trauma and that I do like. And I do, and actually Caleb wrote something about that a while ago, I think he, on a personal blog um, that I've read, and it was really, really interesting. And I think that's one of the better parts of the new stuff, or at least it's more fully realized here than it, because in 7 it doesn't come up till much later. But like, um, and, but it's some of the new stuff, like the stuff I can't talk about because it's a massive spoiler that's very divisive. And I don't hate most of it. 
but some of it I'm a bit like my eyebrows raised and I'm nervous, which is a cool feeling as well. But yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't like, know how it's going to land, I guess. Uh, well, Nathan, you haven't played. Have you played Seven Remake? I can't remember. I haven't because I want to play like the quote unquote full Final Seven Remake. So when they release whatever next part or parts, I don't know how long this is going to be. Then I'll play Seven Remake. Gotcha. Well, where do you weigh in? I guess on the the Thirteen Sentinel story, did you think it was a winner? Yeah, for me, Thirty Sentinel story is probably the best game story I've seen in a while. Maybe near Automata, maybe might be the closest one to Thirteen Sentinels in terms of like the way it's story goes. Yeah, the Thirteen Sentinels story is it. It tells you basically the story like from from certain people's perspectives, right? And then you can jump around and find out certain things from from other people's perspectives. And like Alana said, it's a hard game to really discuss without diving straight into spoilers territory because there's just so much in here that's Mm -hmm. that blew my mind so like this like the way they they structure the game too so you can't move past certain characters parts without seeing another character's part and their part is so integral to the story that it kind of kind of like opens your mind up to other possibilities that the story could go to and like consistently i found like i never knew where the story was going to go it was always going somewhere different yeah, it, like for, for games to not be predictable in this day and age is pretty hard. So, yeah, I mean, like, to bounce off that as well, yeah, like it's just really, really well written. It's another game, like, there's a ton of games this year that have got really, really good casts that are all really well written and developed. And, like, every character plays into a certain, like, manga trope. Like, ultimately, 13 Sentinels is a shoujo romance no, manga from, like, the 80s. Um, but, like, it plays off of all those tropes really well. And, like, yeah, Nier, Nier Automata's got a better story. Um, but like, uh, it, it, I think I'd agree with Nathan in that it is one of the best stories I've played for a while yeah. just because of how ambitious it is and how well everything works. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm, exactly. a little, I'm not surprised it didn't win again because it's just accessibility and like, no, they're both only PS4 exclusives, aren't they, at the moment? So, yeah. yeah. It's what do you think of a name with the name recognition than anything else, yeah. right? Yeah, you're exactly. gonna pick up Final Fantasy Remake and be like, oh, this is just like my childhood. And there's something like 13 Cent Souls, I think, just falls by the wayside, especially because it didn't get nearly as much advertising. And like when they did advertise it, they only showed like the visual novel portion of it, so no one knew what to make of this game. Yeah, and it's right. so unique, which is what they were going Even for. Even the combat would be tough to decipher if you were looking at it in a trailer or something. Yeah. I think I was like, yeah. it took me a second watching the gameplay editing, I was like, what is this? Uh, yeah, now that I see it, I'm like, okay, it's like a kind of a neat tower defensey thing. But yeah, exactly. I think Nathan's right that it was, it's a weird game to sell. Mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, for now, we're going to wrap things up on part one here. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I know some folks here might be returning, some might not be. Uh, we're going to record another episode very shortly with uh, some new folks on the cast as well. Uh, but either way, I'm going to pose the question to everybody here before we run off, just for those of you who may or may not be coming back. Uh, and I'm going to go order order of my Brady Bunch screen here on um, Google Meet. Uh, Alana, what is your personal game of the year this year? Oh, so it's Hades. And why? Because it does everything perfectly and everyone's attractive. <laughs> I like it. Um, my co-host, Jono, what was your personal game of the year this year? I'm pretty sure I know, but... Yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon. It is in my mind... <laughs> In my mind, ignoring everything else about Yakuza and the the world and the characters, it's just a it's a, almost a perfect example of an RPG, like a, a traditional RPG, flaws and all. 
it, it perfectly translates the tropes the the of uh, RPGs and Dragon Quest specifically uh, into the modern world in a way that feels natural. There's never been there was never a point in that game where I went like, oh, that's weird. It just everything seemed to make sense, <laughs> and in that sense, within I, the Yakuza context, right? I mean, within the yes, Ishiban within the context, Yakuza context, in every context. Excuse you. Yes, yeah. oh, oh, sorry, the monsters <laughs> falling from heaven are normal. I forget. Y- you're right. I mean, and it's it's still Yakuza. There's still some things in it that are just a little bit. I don't know, like one of the enemies being known as Hungry Hungry Homeless, for example, was, oh, sure. uh, yeah, makes you go, ooh, that's a little insensitive. But at the same time, hey, it's Yakuza. So yeah, it's my like game of the year, obviously, it's Yakuza, like a dragon. Yeah, and it should be noted that they did win our best traditional RPG, but it seems like they tried to go for some of that like political stuff and just kind of sometimes did okay and sometimes didn't, <laughs> is what I hear yeah, about it. It hits yeah. out of the park from what I've heard in certain things, so yeah. yeah. I'm, Which we're going to talk about it more on the next episode either way, because it, it took home a few awards as well. We also did a uh, we also did a Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, spoiler cast coming up on Retro in uh, next Ooh. month, I think. It's not a spoiler. Glossy's going to have it online. So. Yeah. Uh, so play along, Pete. Uh, but Zach is our next up. Zach, what's your personal favorite and why? Uh, it's the same as Jano's. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, I, I I didn't play 13 Sentinels, so I can't really comment on that. But it, it does almost everything right. Like I, I have a lot of criticisms of Final Fantasy VII Remake's ending, whereas Yakuza Like a Dragon's ending, I think, is just like it knocks it out of the park. And I think that um, it, it does, as you guys noted earlier, have some issues with the political issues that it addresses but for the most part, um, especially, and I hate to say this because I hate when people say this, but it's true. For a JRPG, I think it gets it more right than most do. Um, but also it has like amazing turn-based combat and it has a fabulous story and fabulous characters. And it's just, it, it's it's amazing. Getting it better than most ain't nothing. I always feel like that's Yakuza in a nutshell, though. It, it, at least it tries. It's never like, <laughs> it tries really hard. Not unlike, not unlike uh, your idiot Ichi himself. Probably needs to try harder <laughs> with women, though, doesn't it? It that certainly is does. Definitely true. So not quite progressive enough yet, but one day maybe. Uh, Nathan, what is your personal favorite of this past year? You you had a, a few things on your list that you played. Yeah, for me, it's Thirteen Sentinels. Um, not shocked. <laughs> Um, I've been a bit of time to decide between this one and Persona 5 Royal because P5 is just really close to my heart, and uh, I really did enjoy the time with Persona 5 Royal, but 13 Sentinels, like, the experience he gave me was unlike anything I've played in gaming for quite a long time, so in the end, I had to give it to 13 Sentinels for its more unique experience. The, the only problem, like, I feel like I can't, like, I can't really relate to a lot of what people picked here, because I, I looked at the list of what one, and I'm just like, I've played maybe two games on here. <laughs> 13 Sentinels, so. But, uh, yeah, but from what I play, 13 Sentinels is definitely my, my topic. No, that's totally a lot fair. of games out there. Yeah, I mean, I've only just dabbled with a couple myself recently. Uh, I didn't I had a bunch of stuff I played throughout the year, but yeah, certainly not a, a, a bunch of the category winners, right? It was. I even had a hard time trying to be like, should I nominate this one? I'm like, no, what's already nominated is clearly going to destroy it. And no one else has probably even played it. Like, I was shocked even that like Wintermore Tactics won, and like Neil was the only one that played that, right? I don't know if anyone else got around to it or not. Yeah, that was one of the biggest surprises for me. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, uh, Pete, leave it. You can almost bring us home here with what was your personal favorite, which I, I'm pretty certain I know this one too. 
<laughs> oh, um, it is uh, uh, Hades. No, I'm just kidding. I, I would love to play Hades. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I, I'm going to be like Nathan here, and I'm going to cheat, and I'm just going to shout out briefly Trial, uh, Trials of Mana is really fun. You should play it if yeah. you are within the sound of our voices. That game is really great. It didn't get really nominated for anything, which is totally fair, but it's such a nice feel-good game. My favorite game this year is completely and with a bullet Genshin Impact. <laughs> and um, we have a lot of folks on staff that uh, try to highlight like lesser-known games, which I relate to, but I gotta give it to like the biggest, like grossest, slimiest, greasiest moneymaker. Shoveling uh, it into your face. <laughs> because Genshin Impact has been like my crutch for 2020 in a way that I didn't even really fully comprehend all the all the time. Um, since it, it came out, through. I played it every single. Yeah, it gotcha <laughs> through. Yeah, nice. Um, I I've played it every single day since release. I've never been so captivated and so simultaneously worried about and exhilarated with how a game has captured me in a very very long time. Um, all the all the gotcha stuff. It's a problem. Like, keep that in mind if you plan on playing this game. It is on mobile. It won our best mobile. The fact that it was on mobile is what really did it for me. It's the exact same game on mobile, PS4, or PC. Um, it's, it's, it's a game that has a lot of those kind of gotcha-style dopamine hits and incentives that are kind of gross and are worth criticizing. But this is the only example of one of these games that I can think of that earns all of those dopamine hits. It has so much substance in it a lot of people want to write it off it has so much substance in it the combat is incredible every single character is totally different and uh and is very very appealing and the team building aspect is uh just fascinating and just endlessly deep and fun and um uh, and it's beautiful and <laughs> you know yeah it's that, that game try. is so killer well, I like I, I kind of discourage people <laughs> from playing it. Uh, I'm <laughs> play it, but don't. But play it, but don't. Don't play it. You should play this. You play it. Don't spend any money on it. I've. You can definitely, if you do your daily commissions, you don't have to spend money, and you can get currencies. You can do it without spending money. This is a game that it, um, it, people with compulsion issues are going to have issues with, but uh, it's one of the more honest versions of these games, and it backs it up with amazing story good voice acting that's good um yeah and and the combat is so substantive so yeah any dopamine rush any like of those kind of cheap thrills that you get from mobile games is almost never backed up with anything but in genshin impact it a hundred percent is in every respect in my opinion nice uh yeah i mean i'll talk about mine on the next episode but uh again we've we've gotten off to a good start uh, i'm sure final fantasy 7 will come up with some of the other guests a bit but we've more or less talked out all of its categories so uh the the final fantasy 7 of the year 2020 uh podcast should be done now for everybody listening but uh tune in for part two that should be coming up shortly and um aside from that uh for myself and all our guests here thank you everybody for coming on and sharing opinions those of you who won't be back on the next episode we hope to get you back on soon again but uh, for those of you returning we'll talk to you next time uh, for my uh, myself uh, and Jono uh, and everybody here, have yourselves a lovely night, day, whatever time you're listening to this, and we'll hear you on the next episode. You'll hear us. Shush. Don't you. Never mind. Bye, everybody.
Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.